health is about more than just staying fit. And with every year that goes by, I'm becoming more and more fascinated by how what we eat can impact our health and our potential, with a particular focus on gut health and the gut microbiome. It's not just what I eat either, it's how I eat too. It's all connected. That's why I've developed my own number one living drinks brand. Number One Living is based on this idea, the simple notion that by putting our well-being first and improving the quality of what we put into our bodies, we get more out of life. My range of kombucha drinks are full of bacterial life cultures, designed for a happy and healthy gut. They're sugar-free, vegan and naturally sourced, so you can feel great on the inside and enjoy life on the outside. Choose from refreshing raspberry, passion fruit or our award-winning ginger and turmeric kombucha. The number one living range is widely available in Sainsbury's, Holland and Barrett's and Boots stores and online at numberoneliving.com. Grab yours today. Okay, on with the show. So much of the podcast keeps coming back to the power in our already present being. For me, my being was something well out of reach. I didn't even know it was there. It was something I felt like I was going to earn at the end of all my doing. My fitness, I thought, things like how far I could run for, how much I could push myself, how much further I could go than others. All of this was going to lead me to a trophy full of health. I feel like maybe I had it the wrong way around the whole time. It is, after all, generally referred to as health and well-being, not fitness and well-doing. I can picture the changing room now, before the game, half-time, after the game, there's a table in the middle and it's covered with sachets of different powders, proteins, energy replacement type stuff. There's even little potent concoctions designed to aid focus and concentration. What was in those? I don't know. There's isotonic sports drinks, high caffeine drinks in cans, strong coffees in little cups, protein bars as well, all in bright silver packaging everywhere. And as impressive as all this is and as effective as it was, it looks like it would be more at home on a space shuttle, something like that. All of this stuff was about performance. It was about fitness and it was definitely about winning, competing and just conquering. Even just thinking of it now makes me feel a bit tense and nervous. There was very little in that changing room back in my playing days that felt grounding. Later on, there was a bit more fruit, Things were a bit less scientific, less processed options were available. But but in this windowless space underneath a stadium where anxiety is palpable, where it feels like I was completely cut off from nature and the planet as I knew it, I sensed there was a disconnection from the peace, the simplicity, the relaxation and every part of that side of life. I know that I was trapped inside my mind and my way of seeing myself I just felt unstable. This week's podcast interview is all about exploring the connection between who we are and food. Carolyn Steele, my guest, is an incredibly interesting woman. Her passion involves looking at life through the lens of food. And for the sake of this conversation, she's more than happy to entertain me and take a run at human potential too. What a job she does, may I add. How food shapes us and our world is her speciality. And for the last 20 plus years, she's been following an unfolding path wherever it leads. It may seem a little difficult to see the link straight away, but all will become evident on Thursday. And I feel it may be quite surprising for you. After a certain period of years, 
almost all the cells that make up our bodies get replaced. What this means is that we're constantly reappearing physically as brand new versions of ourselves. And what are all these new cells made from? Pretty much the food we eat. And this means for sure that our food choices have to have a phenomenally important say in the quality of our life experience. From our sensory perception, to our thinking, how we move, our restfulness, our sleep, our calm, our bodily functions, and of course how we feel on the inside. For years I've been concerned only with achieving a goal and what others think about me. It's all been about doing stuff to become something. Food along that journey was just a way of fueling my body to get me through the next training session or the next match. What I'm really eating, where it's come from, the life it's lived, and often even what it tastes like has just been of so little importance or value to me because I was just lost in getting from A to B. And looking at it now, I definitely feel that I kind of turned my back on the planet and everything in it. I feel I lost sight of the fundamental basis of what I am and also all those that make up the one team that we all play for. We are all in this together and in every meal, there may just be a chance to connect to everything. So food is life. You know, it ties us into the earthly cycle of life and death. And, you know, that's there with every spoonful of soup that you eat or every bowl of cereal or whatever it is. And that's such a powerful idea because I think food is an, an ideal vehicle for thinking. And the reason I think that is because, you know, we all know what it is to eat, as you say. You know, we all sit down in the morning with our plate of eggs or our bowl of cereal or whatever it is that we eat. Obviously, fruit and vegetables are also available. And we almost eat unconsciously because it's what we do. And I often say food is too big to see because literally we would not be here without it. So we know what food is in a sort of subconscious way. Let's say you're eating a bowl of leek and potato soup. You know, okay, where do those leeks come from? Where do those potatoes come from? They might have come from across the world. Where were they grown? Were they grown in healthy living soil or were they grown in a greenhouse on chemicals? Who grew them? Were they paid enough to grow them? And then, you know, where were they bought and sold? Did they end up in a supermarket? Did they end up in a market? Did, did humans actually interact in the business of buying and selling them? Who cooked them? You know, what implements did they use? You know, where did that knife come from that you used to cut that leek up? You know, who made that? Who invented it? And it just goes on and on and on. And in the end, you just think, OK, in this bowl of soup is the universe. But also I know this bowl of soup or this bowl of cereal because I eat it every day. So it puts you in this ideal place between conscious knowing and unconscious knowing, if you like, which for me is the perfect place to be for doing the really, really important stuff, the really important thinking. Carolyn talks about the need for us to eat to remain alive. This makes food a primary experience and a pretty simple activity for us maybe, but one that holds so much joy if we're willing to fully engage in it. This is the route towards rediscovering our potential. So much of the podcast keeps coming back to the power in our already present being. For me, my being was something well out of reach. I didn't even know it was there. It was something I felt like I was going to earn at the end of all my doing. My fitness, I thought, things like how far I could run for, how much I could push myself, how much further I could go than others. All of this was going to lead me to a trophy full of health. I feel like maybe I had it the wrong way round the whole time. 
It is, after all, generally referred to as health and well-being, not fitness and well-doing. Establishing a deeper connection with who we are beyond our ideas, therefore, could well help us find a deeper connection to our food, our bodies, and more of life. And this also works the other way around too. By outsourcing, as I say, all the things that it takes to keep us going to other people and not really thinking about it and treating them as if they're, oh, you know, cheap and, oh, yeah, whatever, oh, the food just comes, we miss out on the greatest source of joy in life, which is to actually engage with, with life itself directly. That's what I mean by primary experience, to actually encounter directly what it means to survive in a sense and of course I'm I'm not in survival mode I'm growing cucumbers on my roof and getting most of my food like everybody else from the shops but actually when it does become a question of survival that becomes even more interesting because as we know in a crisis and again we saw this under lockdown people become their best selves why is that because we need to encounter the world directly in order to find out who we actually are. You know, we need a bit of, if you like, that kind of friction and struggle to find out who we really are. And that's when we find out, you know, what it means to be human and we can build on that. And sometimes you have just have those tiny little moments when you bite into a delicious peach on a hot day or something. And it's just like the whole world could stop right then because it's just you're at one with everything. And we just need to build a society that is based around that Because as you say, humans like plants, they want to grow and they want to flourish. And we just have to recognise that capacity exists in everybody and just just concentrate on providing it. As Carolyn says, human health depends upon food health and food health depends upon plant health. Plant health depends upon soil health. As human beings, we too, therefore, are just soil moving around. We will one day, I guess, return to become the life force of other organisms when we become part of the ground too. As the soil nourishes the seeds of plants and allows them to grow into all that they are meant to be, then so maybe does the soil of our bodies or the conditions that we cultivate mentally and emotionally nurture and nourish the seed of all that we can be too. And it's kind of insane because I I just, for me, the miracle that you can kind of get this seed and you can stick it in a bit of earth and water it and watch it. <laughs> you know, after about two weeks, this little shoot comes up. And it's just, it's just blows my mind. You know, I mean, actually, this is nature doing what nature does. You know, plants know how to grow. As Elliot Coleman, the father of organic farming in the USA, once famously said, you know, plants want to grow. You know, your job as a farmer is just to kind of get out of the way and give them conditions in which they can do it. What a beautiful point that is. And how nicely it reminds us of our need, too, to get out of our own way. How we can let our ideas of what and how everything should be go in order to see what's really possible underneath them. They just sent James Webb up into space to look at the origins of the universe. Same thing's happening at the micro scale. You know, for the first time, we're really able to study soil and see what's going on in there. And it's mind blowing. And it's so it's a little universe in in there under your feet in your garden. And as you rightly say, the the seed knows what to do. But if the soil doesn't support the seed, that's not going to happen. You know, so I often say that soil is the best metaphor for society. The humans are the seeds, but what we need to be building is good soil. And of course, we need to build actual good soil because, you know, human health is based on plant health and plant health is based on soil health. In my eyes, how we relate to our food, perhaps, is a decision we are making towards what kind of a world we wish to live in. 
and it's also a representation of how we see ourselves and our potential. We do have the power to shape our own cities, our economies, our landscapes and our planet as a whole because all of these things have to fit our demands. The key is becoming more conscious of what we're asking for and less unconsciously reactive, I guess. So I think food just offers an amazing opportunity. And even if you're not a professional, just loving food, enjoying it, because you've got to eat three times a day. So when you choose what to eat, just ask yourself, did this come from a landscape that's being looked after, a living landscape? Were the people who produced this food, were they paid enough? If animals were involved, did they lead a good life? Did they have a good death? And was it part of preserving the natural world and allowing, as you said, the bees to keep flying? If you can say yes to all of those questions and become a conscious eater, then you are making the world a better place through the way you eat. And we can all do that. So that's quite a nice thought. Obviously, there are all kinds of external factors that play a role in our decisions. And Carolyn shares with me some really interesting ideas around the cost of food too, and the importance of how we can make great options available and accessible to as many people as possible. She is indeed a fascinating individual. She's got a beautifully clear way of putting things. I think you're going to enjoy what she has to say. Summarising it all, I guess, is not a simple task, especially if you're going to put it in a, a format that's easy to follow. But Carolyn still has managed this in a book she's written called Cytopia. It's a combination of the Greek words sitos and topos. And what it comes down to, therefore, it means food place. So let me know what health means to you. Let me know what well-being means to you. What's happening in your world of food? How are you relating to what you eat? How are your habits changing? Why are they changing? Where do you think they're going? and how bad may have they been in the past. I'd love to hear any of this. It's been an amazing opportunity to see where we can take this discussion as we move forward. Thanks ever so much for all your help as ever with the podcast. I can't wait to be in touch with you again soon. I hope you enjoy this episode and I hope you really enjoy Thursday and what Carolyn is all about. Mm-hmm.